Welcome to 18-Minute Schmooze, a podcast produced by the Jewish God Student Initiative. We interview incredible Jewish leaders from moguls to menches. This week, we have our very own Rabbi Dave Sarani, the CEO of JGSI, and he's going to answer a bunch of questions for me in only 18 minutes. Are you ready, Dave? I was born ready. All right. Where where did you grow up? How did you get to where you are today? And what is your current role? Sure. Uh, I was born and raised in Brooklyn, New York. I first was raised in Canarsie, Brooklyn, properly pronounced Canarsie, Brooklyn. Canarsie is famous for the Canarsie Indian selling Manhattan for $35. Uh, and we later moved to Mill Basin, Brooklyn. It's in a small Italian neighborhood in Brooklyn. As southeast as you can go, there are no hipsters there, Becca. And I later uh, went to um, Jewish school. Uh, I went to Israel for a year after high school. And then I later went to City University in New York. I had this dream of becoming an attorney. So I, I took a job at a Wall Street firm for a few years and then got a scholarship to law school. I moved to LA where I got my scholarship uh, in 2007. And uh, I was about halfway through law school and realized there's really no Jewish community for grad students. And I hate law school. No offense to any of the lawyers out there. And so I dropped out of school and um, I started doing this a few hours a week. And then it built up in 2011 to starting our own nonprofit. And um, that's still what I currently do. I live, eat, breathe and sleep JGSI. It's like my love, my life, besides for my wife and children. And um, yeah, this is what I do. That's how I got to where I am. So what are some of the most important factors that have determined your success as a leader? Well, I think one important fact, one thing to note is I'm not, I wouldn't consider myself a successful leader yet. I'm a a flawed guy and I'm still working on myself. So I'm learning every single day, but probably the mentors that I have around me. um, The first person to join the organization was this great guy named Jim Friedman. um, And uh, it was just me and him sitting in office in 2011, trying to figure out how are we gonna change the landscape for Jewish grad students in North America. And I've had a lot of great mentors over the years, people who have guided me and advised me on still on a consistent basis. Um, But one of the biggest lessons I've found is probably from my father who passed away about six years ago. My dad was born and raised in Baghdad, Iraq. And um, he had to leave. when Israel became a state, it became too dangerous for the Jewish community. So he literally left with just a shirt on his back. If you notice, every Jewish immigrant story is pretty much the same. They only left with the shirts on their backs. No immigrant has pants ever. I'm not sure why. Um, but he left. He later moved to Israel, lived in a tent outside Tel Aviv for two years. And then he fought in the Six-Day War. He lost a lot of friends and then moved to America to, you know, that's where I was born. I was born and raised in New York. But one thing that stands out is... Um, and I always think about every day is, uh, how is my name David? So my father was actually on all fours being shot at during a battle in the Six-Day War. And he decided he's going to pray to God, if God should bless him, that he should survive this war. And um, he ever has a son, he'll name him David. And so was born in a miracle. Uh, and I'm happy that my father survived, that I was able to perpetuate his legacy and continue building Jewish community. Wow. What are some of the ways you failed and what have you learned from it? I'm a, I'm a very passionate person and I push really hard and uh, I still push really hard, but probably in a more diplomatic way. Uh, I know that the organization needs me to push hard for it to survive. And I'm glad to take it on my shoulders and do that every day, but I've learned to, uh, to accept rejection. So I've been fired from like, I don't know, 30 jobs in my lifetime, literally like a million jobs. I and mean, I, I, just before when I, when I got married, I actually was working for a paper company um, sort of like under Mifflin and I had to like sell paper and I couldn't sell one lick of paper. I just couldn't sell it. 
And the guy, uh, this nice Persian man called me into his office and said, um, we don't want you to work here anymore. And I'm like, is there a nicer way to say that? Like, we're going a separate way or it's not working out or like, we don't want you to work here. It was like brutal, but I've been rejected a lot. And I, I sort of fell into this position because I had this, these idealistic dreams of building Jewish community for grad students. And now I'm at a place where rejection has become my, my calling card. I mean, I, I, it's part of who I am. And um, my failure has become my rejection. You know, there's, a, there's this verse in, the, in, uh, in the prayer, Jewish prayers in Halal. And the verse goes, it's Evan Masu Habonim Haita Bina. So what it means in English is, the stone that was left abandoned has become the cornerstone. And that has been a, a sort of a, a verse of inspiration for me that Jewish grad students, no one thinks about them. Everyone thinks, oh, Hillel is taking care of it or Chabad is taking care of it. But there should be an organization that exists whose sole purpose is to provide programming for grad students. And I don't care whether or not people think that someone's taking care of it. I know that they're not being taken care of in a way that they should. And so what I think is, is that the stone, which is grad students, sort of like Israel, that has been abandoned, will become the cornerstone. I think the Jewish grad students are the future of this, of our Jewish community, and I, I'm, I'm, I'm banking on it. Definitely. Could you tell us about some recent trends in the industry or globally that have affected your work with the Jewish Grad Student Initiative? Sure. I would say since, since COVID, um, before BDS or anti-Israel sentiment on campus was really relegated probably to undergraduate students. But unfortunately, over the last three years, it's uh, seen it rear its ugly head on grad school campuses. And I'm nervous about it. It's something that I think about all the time. We're faced with, grad students uh, are faced with anti-Semitism all the time. It's rising rapidly. And I'm definitely nervous about it. I'm definitely, I'm definitely up at night thinking about it. Um, and we're handling it as much as, as best as we could, which usually is diplomatically behind the scenes. We're not really a... Uh, a, uh, an attention-grabbing organization. We want to remain behind the scenes and handling it diplomatically. And we have great partners in the ground. Uh, a lot of non-Jewish organizations have helped step up. You know, it's funny. Recently, I I spoke at um, at a law school in New York, and a nice young lady came over to me afterwards. She said, "I represent Atheists United. I'm not Jewish, but I represent Atheists United. And what can I do to support you know Jews on campus?" Um, the comedic side of me said, just don't kill us. But uh, the other side of me was, we just appreciate having people like you around. And the Jewish community needs non-Jewish partners, people who help us out to get our backs um, like we did before during the Holocaust. And so I'm just, I'm just happy to, happy to have, I'm definitely nervous about anti-Semitism, but I think it's gonna be okay because this country, I think is an amazing country. And I think that it's still safe for Jews to live here because this country has been so good to us. And I think will continue to be good to us. Yeah, speaking of Jewish life and your career, what is it that you do every day? Every day? Uh, first thing I do when I get up every day is uh, I pray and I, I, I study Torah. I believe Torah is like the, um, it's nourishment for the soul. And then you know, I, I get up pretty early. I wake up at about 5.20, 5.30 every day. And then I, um, I work out because uh, uh, I got to keep my physical body in good shape. No, I'm joking. And then I... I, I'm usually on the phone or on a Zoom or meeting someone in person, um, whether it be here in Los Angeles where I, I live, or it could be all over the country. I, I travel often because I have to for the organization. And um, my main job is to make sure the organization is running correctly and we have enough funds in the bank to fund our amazing operations for Jewish grad students around the country. Um, so that is my daily basis. 
Uh, I think someone read someone that's famous for saying uh, content is king. Um, so I have a little bit of turned that. And, and I think for JJ sign for myself personally, it's coffee is king. So I have coffee a lot. I drink a lot of coffee. I actually drink tea also now. Um, and I'm always trying to meet with somebody, whether it be a student or an alumni, somebody I'm close with from 15 years ago, who I'm still the rabbi or a Jewish person in their life, um, but it also could be one of our supporters or friends of the organization or anyone. So looking back at the early stages of your career, what would you advocate to young people starting their career who want to become like you? Uh, well, I don't know if you, <laughs> I don't know somebody who you want to become like, I'm not, I'm not that great. Um, but I, I always advocate for, I think young men and women need to get out there and build mentorships. Um, I think it's super important. I think one of the biggest drawbacks for COVID is that young lady or that young man walking into a, a, one of their 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 um, their supervisor's office at work and and getting that advice that is so vital to their career. It's been missing, and I think don't be afraid, don't be a wimp. Just get out there and reach out and build a relationship. I've had I've been blessed with so many great relationships. It's just I, and I'm still close with most of the people who I started out with in, in, in JGSI. Um, we haven't lost a lot of our close people because they've been along for the ride with me. They're my, they're my partners. And um, those mentorships last, last for life. So don't be a wimp. Call, call, call that amazing woman or that amazing man uh, who you feel like can really give you some amazing mentorship advice and, um, and keep that relationship. Just get a coffee. Coffee's good. What do you say that being Jewish means to you? Being Jewish means everything to me. So my, my, uh, my father was actually a locksmith. And uh, he would go door to door fixing locks in some really bad neighborhoods. I actually just recently rewatched. I just watched this thing on YouTube. It was like this guy who goes into like different neighborhoods around the country. And he went into one of the neighborhoods my father and I used to go to often, which I shall not name, uh, in Brooklyn. And uh, so one day my father told me he had a job in the Coney Island projects. And um, he went there and he came home and he told me I was 16 in my kitchen. I remember exactly where I was. That he had gotten robbed that day. And so... When he got robbed, my father was a strong guy. You know, he, to me, he was you know a very, very strong person, and uh, been through a lot in his life. And I was, uh, it made me feel like he was so vulnerable. You know, you don't want that strong person in your life to feel vulnerable and scary, especially your father. So I asked him what happened. He told me that he had gotten robbed that day, and uh, what happened was he was he he had been asked by these people to put on the most expensive locks on every single door in this person's apartment, and he went there and he did put on the most expensive locks, every door of the apartment. They paid him in full, thanked him, and he left. So the elevator was right outside the door of the apartment. He was waiting, with it, holding his toolbox. And they opened the door, guns drawn, and they said, give us everything you have. So my father emptied his wallet and uh, gave him all his money, the money that he made that day. And then they said, give us your toolbox. And my father said, no. And then they grabbed the toolbox and they're trying to pull from him, he's pulling back. Then they take a gun, they stick it in his chest. They say, you don't give us this toolbox, we're gonna shoot you now. And so um, my father says, I'm not giving you the toolbox. I said to my father later, in the end, they, they, they decide not to kill him and they went back inside and they let him go with his toolbox. So my dad later, I'm like, you know, dad, like we have a pretty good life. You know, you have kids who love you, your wife, you live in a nice neighborhood, you know, like what, you'll buy new tools. My dad was a simple Sephardic guy, he grew up in the old country. You know, he, he, he said to me, I, I, uh, I gave him my money because money could be remade, but I needed my tools so I can continue and make more money 
you know, back, make the money back so I can continue to support you and, and, and the rest of your, your siblings and your family, our family. It was like a simple answer. But um, what's amazing to me is I always think about that story because a lot of our, our young Jews always think to themselves, listen, I'm not so religious. I'm not, uh, I'm not so involved in the Jewish community. Um, you know, what is going to remain my connection and what's the point? So the point is like, you know, the, the, they say that the Torah is sort of like our, our guidebook for life. It's our toolbox and you have to hold on. And just like my dad held on to that toolbox, like we have to hold on to Judaism in some kind of way, whether it be even something that is so small and minute as listening to this podcast, or it could be something in their lives, which they maybe help an old lady across the street, but they've got to hold on to their toolbox with all their mind, everything. Because if we don't have that, then we don't have a, we don't have a Jewish community. What would you say motivated you to devote so much of your time and your life to helping the Jewish community, specifically grad students? I think I've just fallen in love with it. I am driven every single day. I wake up with vigor and rejuvenated and excited with energy to go out and help the Jewish community, provide Jewish community for grad students. And I know that this this sector is um, has sort of been, I think, overlooked. And I'm excited to see you know, Jews perpetuate our Jewish community for the next generation. I actually just met a student yesterday. I haven't seen, I haven't seen her in maybe 12 years. And I saw her in the market. She came over to me. She's like, I was surrounded. Like, you know, I went to one of your, your events on campus at UCLA, like 13 years ago, 14 years ago, you know, when I was doing this still part-time. And it's like, I said, what are you up to? She goes, you know, I ended up joining a, um, joining a board of our synagogue. You know, it's like, oh my gosh, you know, it's like, I had no idea. You know, they say that like perpetuating Judaism, getting this thing to continue is almost like watering grass. You know, it's like, it's impossible to see if you're looking at it on a daily basis. But I think what inspires me most, what energizes me is when I see somebody who they're continuing their Judaism, whether it be in something so small or even big, but that inspires me every single day. All right, we're on to our rapid fire round. So you're going to give me a one to two word answer to these questions. Sure. Uh, favorite TV series you've watched recently? I don't know. Mandalorian's great. Cool. Favorite. Actually, you know what? I just read Rocha Sopranos. It's the best show of all time. Sorry. <laughs> all right. Favorite place to vacation? Um, Israel. Uh, and if I'm Israel, Portugal. Book that's had the biggest impact on your life? The Cain Mutiny by Herman Wook, World War II novel, Pulitzer Prize, best book ever. Favorite musical artist? Counting Crows. And finally, one word you associate with being Jewish? Mensch. Great way to perpetuate like Judaism is like just be a mensch at all times with your, with your spouse, with your children, with your friends, family, enemies, everybody. Could you define mensch for people who might not know what that is? Being a... Uh, Mensch, utilizing. Hmm, how do I define mensch? I have no idea. Mensch is like such a general. Oh my gosh, showing the best of your character at all times. Mm-hmm. Look into your look into your soul and like utilize the best of yourself at all times. I like that. All right. Well, that's all we have time for today. Thank you so much to Rabbi Dave Sarani for joining us for eighteen minute shoes. Amazing. Thank you guys so much for having me. I really appreciate it.